Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Good. Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus. It's a <laughs> festival for the rest of us. <laughs> um, the cocktail of the week is... Hang on, I don't remember what it's called. It doesn't the Festivus good. Miracle is what it is. Okay, it's called the Festivus Miracle. It's hey, the hey, pear. Hey. <laughs> no, the pear vanilla gin fizz, which is a stupid name. I'm not even going to call out the blog that this is on because this blog doesn't know how to make cocktails. It's a cooking blog, and sometimes cooking blog people are like, "I'm going to make a cocktail," and like a gin fizz is not this. This this is like club soda on something with gin, and that's not what a gin fizz is. This Does a fizz have egg in it? A gin fizz typically will have egg Fizzes in it. Fizzes have egg in them sometimes. Sometimes, slow yeah. Slow fizz. A, gin, a slow gin, gin fizz. fizz. Yeah. yeah. Slowy. Anyway, this is not that. I'm just proud of myself for knowing that. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> this is, she looked at me like, oh my God, you're detouring again already. <laughs> we are 35 <laughs> seconds into the podcast, so. I have, I'm in the bonus. <laughs> uh, anyway, this was like. So put together your gin and your syrup and then put it in a glass and then put a fuckload of club soda on it, like way more than you would normally put in a cocktail, and then put crushed ice on top of it, which is not how you build a cocktail. And then we drank it, and it's real diluted because there's so much club soda in her recipe, like she just doesn't know what she's doing. But when I fixed it, it's not bad. It's pretty good. No, it's good. It it tastes like gin, which is a very... We haven't, we don't drink a lot of gin mixed drinks. Yeah. And this is good because, uh, as we mentioned last time, uh, some friends of the squad sent us a whole bunch of pears, which was awesome, but we could not possibly just as snacks eat all of the pears. There were like two dozen pears. It was, they're big too. They're big pears. Big giant pears. Yeah. Big luscious pears. So the pears individually were great. Yeah. And we did eat plenty. And then I made pear bread which was, I'd never even knew it was a thing, and it was fucking delicious. I want to make some more of that. Um, and pear then crumble? a pear crisp. Crisp. And then I made this, which is a pear vanilla syrup. So it's basically you just boil some pears and some sugar water and put a little vanilla in there, and then you have a syrup that you would use like simple syrup, except it's pear-flavored, so this is pretty good. So it's no, just it's club soda and gin and pear syrup. Really good, because yeah. it's kind of apple but not sweeter. It's very good. Pear, pear is a very interesting flavor that is... I have not had in drinks before, I don't think, unless it's like pear liqueur, right? There's that liqueur that the French put the bottles on the pears and the pears grow inside the right. bottle. Yes. There's a name for that, but I forgot it. Well, anyway, this is tasty. Calvados. So, Calvados. So, I think that's apples. I think Calvados Frank. is apples. It's apples. <laughs> you know why I know that? Because my therapist was talking all about Calvados when they went to France. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and he was talking about apples. I mean, he could be wrong. Too, I, think I think it's apples. apples. No, I think it's apples. But they grow inside the bottle, Yeah, which is cool. Okay. Uh, do you have any ranting you want to do for Festivus? Ranting? Any some ungloating grievances? No, it's just a vague against fate and this year and all the assholes. Wait, no, I'm sorry. You were going to rant about the dust. Oh, yeah, I was going to bitch about the dust. The, the house is dusty, but I feel like that's all part like i'm fine my life is great I this podcast is not for us to air our like 2020 no. grievances all no. right then besides that i'm i'm doing great you have permission I'm to rant so about the lucky dust. that that you're with me <laughs> as you remind me the dogs are a joy yeah. 
We are in paradise. I'm sorry. This can, isn't Ingo's grateful hour look, either. I'm just this saying. is your chance to rant about the dust. <laughs> it's dusty everywhere. We're having the windows done, and it's a pain in the ass, and it's been a hard week, mostly for you, but also for me. This and is the second everywhere. second week. Yeah. No. So, But that's minor. That's Again. all I was doing was allowing you. You're like, I'm going to bitch about the dust on the yeah, podcast. Well, so I'm having second thoughts. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm having second thoughts about allowing it. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you wanted to thank people for presents. Yeah, we've been getting in the post office box a bunch of um, presents and cards. And it's really great. Oh my I gosh, mean, it's you guys, so nice. You. And it makes us tear up more often than not. Yeah. And, you know, people are so thoughtful about sending food and not food and dog toys that become food for the dogs. <laughs> and, but just the cards are great. And we are, you know, it's just humbling to know that, you know, you all take joy in the dogs the way we intend you to. Yeah. yeah thank you great. guys very much. Um, and I try to send thank you notes to everybody. I am behind on my thank you note sending. But also there's some packages that come like with nice notes from people but i don't know how to get in touch with you like it doesn't have emails or handles or anything um so i as a thank you note a pretty religious thank you note writer i feel bad that that's why people put their handles i've mentioned it before in the podcast like put your handles so i can send you a thank you note or Ah. something uh and sometimes it's just hard to find good yeah. Great. So I should I, listen to you more during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to me more in general, Ingo. Uh, it's not possible. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's. Thank you. Yeah. That's thanks good. very much. It really is. We don't. I don't think we say it much, and we don't say it enough. But it's it's just great. We you know we we want to make people happy or and or distract them, and it's, yeah. it's always nice to see that it works. Indeed. Uh, okay. Dog updates. We yeah. have we have so many. We have so many this week. Uh, Ingo, do you want to start with big news or not as big news? Uh, you know what? Normally I'd say not as big because I'm into deferred gratification, delayed gratification, <laughs> and I don't unwrap my presents until you know the last possible moment, etc. But yeah, start with the big news, but lead with the big one. Okay, it's a it's a complex one, but. I would say that TLDR or TLDL, too long, didn't listen, is uh, we're going to officially make Parmesan a member of the squad. He got a collar, but we're formally adopting him from the rescue. So he's not going to be a hospice foster. He's, I mean, I sent the email. He's our dog now. That's That's really good news. Why why is that, Jen? Well, because we love him so much, yeah. but also uh, we've decided to, We so I took him to the vet today. That's him drinking in the background, by the way, celebrating his permanent squad membership. <laughs> He's drinking himself silly. <laughs> so uh, as we've said, when dogs come into our rescue group, they go to the vet right away. The foster, the first thing you do is take them to the vet, usually within the first day or so. Um, if they're not fixed, they get fixed, and then they get all their medical issues assessed. We do really deep physical. Except Meatball here, who remains unfixed. Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah, well. I'm calling him Swedish Meatball now because I remember that he's also from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's a thing that happened entirely in your head. Yeah, well, a lot of things go on up there. Yeah, so they took him to the vet, and... Yeah, when his give up home said he was fixed and he's definitely not fixed. Um, 
And so they took him to the vet and uh, they found all the problems that we've talked about before. Pancreatitis, hemangiosarcoma, or the big tumor, some other little tumors like on his skin. And they were like, he's not strong enough to survive the surgery. And so, you know, we're not going to fix him. And he's only got a couple weeks anyway with this hemangiosarcoma. Very tragic. <clears throat> so that was it. I mean, that was, and then, you know, they put him on some anxiety medicine, but that, that was really the extent of the vet care, which is normal. You know, I mean, if you have a dog in that situation, like, why are you going to fix a dog who's going to die in, you know, potentially a few weeks from this tumor? That's why it was like hospice uh, foster. Yeah, because they were, you know, nothing you can do about this. And so I was talking to our vet, uh, one of the vets at the clinic that we go to, about one of the other dogs. Like, she had called, we got so much dog stuff going on, so she'd called to talk about another thing. And, oh, yeah, so I had put in a chewy order for Chief Brody and uh, for some of his medicine. And she's like, I got a request for a Cody. Like, do you guys have a dog named Cody? And I was like, oh, that's Chief Brody's like old name. And she's like, oh, I thought you got another one. I was like, well, we did. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, but we haven't brought him in because he's got this giant, you know, they think hemangiosarcoma and whatever. And she's like, you know, we can do something about that. And I was like, what? You know, I mean, they're like sometimes they talk about doing surgery on hemangiosarcomas and it doesn't always go very well. But I was like, well, we should bring him in anyway, because that's likely where we'll have to take him when things get bad. And so it'd be good for them to at least have seen him. Yeah. And so uh, this particular vet, her specialty is emergency medicine. So, you know, she sees a lot of the emergency surgeries that happen in the middle of the night. And I was like, great, like, let's take him. So I brought him up today. And she did an ultrasound, she did blood work, she did a whole bunch of stuff. And basically what she found is he's got, it, the tumor is giant, like soccer ball sized. They had said cantaloupe, but it would be an extremely large cantaloupe, based on what she said. Small soccer ball. Uh, no, like a regular sized soccer ball. Poor palm. It's pushing his stomach out of the way. She's like, he feels, this makes him feel really bad. And I'm like, no kidding. She's like, everything else pretty much looks fine. Like, there's a little tumor on his liver, but it doesn't look related to this. Like, that could be a ton of different things. Um, he's got some really hard lumps on his skin, like lipomas, which a lot of old dogs get. They feel kind of like a hard-boiled egg under the skin. They're sort of squishy and move around. Moving around, yeah. And these, there's, these are really hard, but she's like, they can get lipomas actually in the skin. Normally, they're under the skin, but they mm -hmm. can get in the skin and then they can turn really hard and this one might be a little bit infected uh but it didn't look like a cancerous tumor in there and she's like we should you know like let's take the spleen out that has the giant tumor on it she's like if it is a hemangiosarcoma then he's gonna die in three to six months whether we do the surgery or not right and uh if it's not he's gonna feel a lot better and apparently the odds seem to go out if the tumors get that big that they tend not to be hemangiosarcomas not always i mean queso had a giant hemangiosarcoma right um that was doing a similar thing you know it kind of pushed her ribs out so they stuck out um but you know we kind of talked through it all his blood work looks good everything looks good so she seems very confident that this will go well for him she's the surgeon so you know there's some yeah that's not a bad thing and she's like i've done a ton of these surgeries like and we've got this you know this kind of equipment so it's really easy it's a 15 minute surgery wow. should be fine um so you know i she spent a long time with me do we get today. to keep the thing 
the two were like, oh. I'm going to ask her to take pictures for like sure. It. Just send no, them I'd, a bucket because it has to have a bucket. You can't put it in a jar. It's a bucket. No, it would be huge. We got Big a bunch of Home, Home Depot buckets. Five <laughs> oh gallon bucket. God, how gross is that? Pretty gross. <laughs> I know you're thinking about it. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, okay. No. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a picture would be fine. I don't need the actual tumor. Uh, gross. Anyway, so, uh, you know, if he, if we don't adopt him, then he is the rescue's dog. And, you know, I think they would follow her decision, but then they have to pay for the surgery. And then there's a lot of people involved in consulting about it. And, uh, you know, they always do a great job making those decisions. We've done that. You know, we did a ton of care for Riley like that um, and a few of the other dogs. So it has nothing to do with, like, do I trust them to be involved in the process? But, like, you know, they took him in as a hospice dog. And, you know, I think we think this is the best thing for him but then you know we'll kind of take that on instead of having them pay thousands of dollars from the rescue for a surgery that like we kind of think is the right thing like we can adopt him and, and kind of make that choice yeah. ourselves so that's the news uh so he's getting he's having surgery on monday uh the 28th i think so because it's we're recording on the 23rd so you know I don't know that they're open tomorrow. So it's like basically Christmas Eve, Christmas, the weekend, and then Monday he's going in. He's going to be the first surgery. He'll be there all day, and then uh, we'll bring him home, and hopefully it's fine. It's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty routine for us. We get a dog, surgery ensues. So hopefully they'll fix him, too. Usually it's when they ask, when they eat crap, but also <laughs> for other reasons. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we take in dogs that are in rough shape, so... So that's the situation. Uh, Parmesan, officially our dog, soon going to be missing a part that he has right now, but it's an unnecessary part. Why do we have spleens if we don't really need them? <laughs> I think they help with things. I don't know. Seems like they're pretty lackadaisical about taking them out. <laughs> I mean, they take out a lot of unnecessary parts sometimes. <laughs> it's a good thing we have redundancy. I, I got one that's missing. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway... That's that's the big news. Okay. Slightly, actually, tremendously smaller news. Yeah, uh, yeah there's nothing that compares in magnitude to that. No, no. I mean, that's going to be a big one. And, uh, you know, hopefully he recovers fine from the surgery. I mean, what, you know, what we talked about was, so, you know, we thought two weeks, maybe a couple months, right? We were given kind of two weeks to two months as an idea. It's already been a month that we've had him pretty much. Um, he's great. We don't want anything to happen to him. He's great in so many good ways. He's such a sweetheart. He's a really sweet boy. We don't want anything to happen to him. At the same time, we were given two weeks to two months, right? Right. Do we want to risk a surgery where he's going to die on the operating table? No. And I don't think the surgeon's going to do that. She's like, I could open him up and then we could see a whole bunch of other tumors and there's cancer. And then you just close him up and then he's got an incision to deal with, with but that's it right yeah um or you know maybe we decide to put him down like maybe she sees stuff in there and is like oh this is actually making him incredibly uncomfortable we don't want him to like die on the operating table and we don't want to put him at risk of a, a kind of painful or scary end like that but you know she seems to think that he's pretty safe to endure this it's a short process. She's done it before. She's, she's pretty confident it's going to make him feel better. Yeah, and, he, and from all outward indication, he's in good shape and kind of robust. 
it, like, it seems like it. Yeah, his blood work looks. I mean, there's you know little weird things about it, but nothing bad. But just the way he acts, right? Like Saint Patrick is more frail. Oh, for sure. Right. I mean, yeah. You, you, Saint Patrick would not survive just, a surgery, no way. Right. 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 It's not. He's not like that. I mean, Parmesan's a lot more, you know, together. So, uh, yeah. So while we don't want to risk something happening to him while he's having the surgery, he's obviously feeling really crappy because he has this giant tumor in there. And so if we can take that out and I mean, what's the worst case, it's still a hemangiosarcoma and he dies in a couple weeks. Like he could die. If if it's a hemangiosarcoma, he's going to die in a couple weeks anyway. And if he, you know, is he going to, feel that much worse healing from an incision from a couple weeks like that seems worth the risk of the trade-off yeah to be like i mean the chances seem good that it's potentially not a hemangiosarcoma if it is okay so he's got a couple weeks of surgery recovery and then maybe he dies or maybe he doesn't recover well from it versus a couple weeks of still feeling really crappy because he's got that big tumor in there it doesn't seem like we're creating a huge risk if it's the bad case and if it's the good case that it's not a hemangiosarcoma, then we have taken this out. And maybe that other little lump is cancer. Maybe it's not, you know, on the liver. It looks unrelated to this. He's 12 and a half, right? Like yeah. something's kind of going to get him anyway. Um, do you, I mean, I never bank on more than six months with a dog that old anyway. <laughs> and yeah. uh, if he can be if he can do the recovery from the surgery and then be more comfortable, even if it's just for another six months, like we can afford the surgery and, you know, she seems confident and we spent a long time talking about it. It seems like a worthwhile trade-off. So it's definitely a, a gray area one. But right. I think we're both kind of on the same page that it seems like it makes sense that the risk is not that high because he's kind of already past the expiration date that we expected basically yeah um so it might help him and it's not really going to make things worse if it's bad yeah and he has a current problem that makes him super uncomfortable yeah yeah i mean it like she you can tell that it's painful for him and it's pushing on his other organs and in fact she said you know it could it could be causing part of the difficulties with his back legs if it's pushing on like some of his nerves or like cutting off some of the blood flow like that or it's just so damn heavy I, I mean, that's not a thing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, but it, it could be impacting some of the other things, too. So if we take that out, uh, it maybe could help a bunch of things. I, Yep. So. Yep. Okay, in other dog news, uh, I was taking Voodoo for a walk. Voodoo loves to go for walks. Like, I put my shoes on, and he comes bolts to the front door. He muscles the other dogs out of the way. He's got his nose on the crack. I think he doesn't know his own size. I he, think he's like a puppy a little bit, but it's exact, you know, exagger, exa- exacerbated because he's just big, right? Like that's why he bumps into your leg instead of like stopping short or he bangs into the door and stuff. He's just ungainly. I think he knows exactly how big he is and he just gives zero fucks about <laughs> maybe, personal space maybe. and who he runs into. <laughs> he's like, I work in contact, by contact. Yeah. All right. So he's an incredibly slow walker. He's so slow, but he loves to go for walks. And so I take him. It's like a 40-minute mile if we go the yeah, full mile. Yeah, you don't go far, but you go long. Oh, my God. It takes a long time to walk him. And he's a lazy walker. I mean, he's, he can walk a mile, 
but it's slow and he's lazy about it. And so we were out for a walk a couple of days ago and we made it, you know, I had, I had been walking guac and some of our neighbors were out washing their car and they said hi to guac. Everybody knows guac because he escapes all the time. <laughs> he does. He's been everywhere. And then, so I bring guac back and I'm out with Voodoo and I walk past him again. And so the woman, she's all excited to, to meet Voodoo and she's petting him. And then he lays down in the driveway and, and I was like, okay, Voodoo, come on. And he's like, nope. And I was like, come on. He's like, do nope. you see me lying down? <laughs> the lady and I are like, okay, we're going to like, come on, let's go run down the street. Nope. She had to go into her house, get snacks, come back out of her house. Remember, she has to go up a flight of stairs because the house is elevated. Goes up, gets the snacks, come back down. He's still just laying there, will not come for me. Finally, we like lure him with the snacks. Hot dogs. She, they're like teeny tiny little, she, they have Yorkies, so oh, like right. tiny dog snacks. She gave me, she's like, here, I brought some extra ones out for you so then I could get him to come home. So that's all. Just He's he like, this driveway is where I live now. He has no shame in just lying down and being no, there. No, he does not. Sploot. Uh, so that's voodoo. The other story is we were out at like approaching sunset one night and there are some people, they're clearly renting a house. They don't live down here normally. And they have this raft thing. Yeah, it's cool. It's like it's it's like a boat raft. Yeah, it's inflatable and and it's like an eight person inflatable raft. It had side that come up. It's like a sofa almost. It's shaped like a sofa. But it's a square. All the sides are closed. So inside it's dry. But it's like plastic inflatable. And it has and it has seat backs all around it. So you can lounge. It's like loungers. Yeah. Kind of like a it's very cool. square inflatable life raft from a boat. Or maybe. if you took our Ikea couch and just like made it into a floaty thing and made it square. And made it square. <laughs> it looks pretty comfy. It's cool. Plastic inflatable. So they're out there. There's, I think, three of them. Oh, and it has an anchor. And it has an anchor because otherwise it's just going to blow you around. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so they're anchored basically off of our house in my backyard in as inca would say in the backyard <laughs> there may be 50 yards from the house yeah i wasn't i wasn't mad bro no <laughs> and so i'm out there with hops and guac and there especially there's like two guys and a woman and the woman is clearly like fawning over guac right so we try to like when people are out there in their boats and stuff like you know we'll say hi and stuff but we try to kind of give them their space, right? We're not yeah. going to be like listening in on their conversations. They think it's like their backyard. Give them it's some privacy. Uh, but she's like leaning over the side, like Calling. looking at Guac. So I'm like throwing his ball for him, but I'm making sure to throw it away from the raft. And you know, finally I'm like, do you guys want me to throw the ball over by the raft? And they're like, yes, send him over, yes. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's what they wanted, right? But yep. I don't want to be that guy who's totally. like, well, no, I'm going to sick my dog I'm on infl- you. inflict my wet giant dog on you. So I throw the ball over. You know, it lands right by the raft. Guac is like whoo, whoo, power swimming out there. And they're on the other side of the canal. So he can stand by yeah, the time he gets to he figures out he them. can walk again. Yeah, he, he swims through the deep part. Now he can stand. And they're like, oh my gosh, guacamole. And he's all like, up there they're leaning over rubbing on him and then he's like i'm gonna come into the raft <laughs> <Yeah. start> <laughs> kind of awkwardly clambering he gets his, like front two legs up there and he's tri- it's you know because it's got like high enough backs that he can't just jump in because he's you know probably he's half in the water too yeah, yeah i mean it's shoulder deep for him 
when he's standing in the water. So he's got his front one. He's trying to jump up. And like one of the guys is trying to like boost his butt to get him up in the raft. <laughs> he's also on the raft yeah. and it's on a bad surface. Yeah, it's They fine. couldn't get him in. So we did probably four tosses, you know, and then eventually he'd be like, I'm bringing my ball back to Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Hops went out there with him once. Hops was getting pet. They're leaning over the raft, depending on Hops. And at, at it was one a point, big deal for them. Man. Oh, they were so excited. Yeah. At one point they're like, uh okay like we oh we got to pet him right he was probably like 10 feet from the raft like paddle towards guac and it's like oh no we're anchored (laughs) we can't paddle any closer release anchor (laughs) so uh so yeah that he just had a very good time totally made their day and then we saw them on a walk later and they're like oh my god is this guacamole this is the one at twilight right it was dark it was dark they they we could hardly see them but they were like is that guacamole they were very very pleased yeah so he made their day it's a good name. You don't forget guacamole. I mean, that's the thing. Half of his charm for strangers is just the name. Uh, he's And then then they get to know him, and he's so much more charming. <laughs> uh, yeah, because okay. he's been coming to the office with me, your office. Yeah, I have he's a little... He's a good work buddy. I got a little office in Key West. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it. I mean, it's like windowless. It has a skylight, but it's just a little kind of 10 by 10 And this room. is how nice you are. The house is crawling with people banging on crap, making the windows. A lot of noise here. Dust everywhere. Yep. There's You're buried in dust and dogs. Yep. And you let me go to your office to work. I, I mean, did. you're so nice. I, you really I am are. so nice. So nice. And so <laughs> the least I could do, I thought, was to take as many dogs as I can out of your environment yeah. with me. And Guac, Guac and, and hops. hops are the good office dogs because they don't go crazy when there's a noise in the hall they don't yeah you know start i don't know chewing stuff there are all sorts of things that they could do but they don't they just lie straight down and sleep yep they're very good in there They're great it's a nice space there's limited dog fur there's some now i mean (laughs) now it's a little bit more yeah i've got like an ikea chair in there got a little desk yep but the wi-fi is good and i can take calls there and it's and it's dog friendly generally nobody's gonna say anything dogs oh the whole building is is explicitly cl- dog friendly cl- a lot clacking of dogs down the halls yeah but they're also so good they didn't bark at single like i feel like i can go to the bathroom they don't yeah cr- scratch the door down or you know bark or anything like that they're yep. really good yeah uh so yeah i hadn't been in there for a while and so you know you i i mean i've been having work calls and zoom calls too but i can be a little bit like yeah sorry they're working on my house where if you're doing like a you got a court reporter recording stuff you don't want drill sounds in the background them grinding down screws that held i mean it sounded like the worst nightmare of a dentist office yeah sounds like those awful sounds awful so they've been having a good time and yeah guac and hops be my little travel buddies jared has realized that guac likes to chase chickens (laughs) He, he almost no, it was I, when I went through the driveway today at the Burger King. He almost climbed out the window because the lady was petting him. <laughs> he was like, "I'm going to climb out oh, the window." Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I was like, "No, you're not." And she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Don't come in here!" He's like, "Oh, it's, you're petting me, and it smells like Burger King in there. I'm going." He's like, "When I went to the Sonic drive-through, I got an ice cream cone." Yeah, and here he's like, "I smell French fries." <laughs> That's funny. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I'm a little worried that he'll jump out the window at a. At a uh, chicken but he hasn't yet and i always keep it like half up when there's danger yeah it's a good idea he's he's very curious i don't know what he'd do but i don't nothing good would happen no he would chase 
Mm-hmm. That that's really the only thing that we need to care about. Those chickens are spoiled though. They don't realize. They they'll like when I pull him away from the chickens, they kind of follow us. Yeah. Which is the bad reaction. <laughs> big <laughs> Come man. On, chicken. Come on, big man. Do you really want to play? <laughs> he thinks he's some kind of big man. I think there's some kind of big man because he because Guac is going the other way. Like the chickens probably just like, oh, I chased him away. Check me out. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Jerk chickens. So for our Taste of the Keys, I have the first Taste of the Keys. They're both Jen stories this week. Oh. And one of them has Vink and Voodoo in it. So sort of. Do it. Do it. Uh, so I was taking Vink and Voodoo to the vet this weekend. Uh, I guess Saturday. I must have taken him Saturday. Vink had some allergy tests and, and basically we're just going to put her on some hypoallergenic food because she's been real itchy. Um, and then Voodoo to get his knees checked. and Just generally pilled dosage stuff yeah just just kind of checking in on some stuff and so we're on our way to the vet and so every you know it's 45 basically the whole way so i am behind a fedex truck but there's a big line of cars like there's not heavy traffic i mean it's just one lane in each direction yeah uh but there's you know plenty of cars going in in both directions so i'm behind a fedex truck and we get uh up to ramrod key which is probably like 15 minutes from our house and good name by the way yeah there's a guy uh well there's a a car stopped trying to turn left right but there's plenty like we're going northbound and and it's just two lanes there's not a even a center lane there so two lanes so he's stopped in the road waiting to turn left for the southbound cars to clear uh, so I, th- I think it was like this big pickup truck was actually stopped to turn left. And then there was a little Kia Soul behind him who That's slowed. Those hamster, one of those hamster cars. Yeah. Yep. You can go with it or you can go with <laughs> <Okay>. that. Yep. <laughs> uh, has stopped behind that guy. And then there's the FedEx truck and then there's me. And uh, so pickup truck has stopped waiting to turn left. The Kia Soul has slowed down and maybe entirely stopped to wait for him and the fedex driver i'm not sure what he was doing but did in a different movie didn't see anything going on and you know the fedex truck is big enough that i couldn't see exactly what was happening but i saw that there was a stopped car in front of the fedex truck the second before the fedex truck at 40 whatever 48 miles an hour just smashes in (sighs) to everybody did you see any brake lights probably not brake lights did not come on no he didn't i mean he didn't see at all uh and of course i'm not like I can be like, oh, I recognize there was a car in front of him, but not like not in time to put my foot on the brake, right? So suddenly the FedEx truck stops in front of me because it has smashed into some some cars. And so then I'm still going 45. Uh, I like had to yank it real hard off onto the walking path on the right. Nice driving. Thank you. It was fine. I, I was saying like I, the fact that I saw even in that split second oh, there is a car stopped in front of this FedEx truck was enough where, like, I felt very in control. Like, it, that's good. That I was able to, like... Steer around, yeah. I know what I'm doing. You're like, I'm going to the right and putting on the brakes, but I didn't have to slam on the brakes. So Vink was in the back seat and Voodoo was in the cargo space. No dogs flew around like it was... Oh, that's good. Yeah. They all ended up where they'd started. Yeah, they are like, why are we stopping, Jen? It wasn't like Vink ended up in your front seat and Voodoo <laughs> ended up in the, in the back seat. <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> no, no, they were all fine. Uh, and so, yeah, so the pickup truck came out okay. 
the Kia Soul was smashed. Like all the glass was broken. Peanut butter and jelly in the sandwich, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean I've been that car before that, get, that gets hit from behind. Like you did everything right. You didn't do it. You just stopped and <laughs> yeah. waiting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it was an older lady driving the Kia Soul and her, like her side airbags deployed, but not the front one. So she kind of smashed her knees up on the front of I her steering wheel. I think it's because she column. wasn't moving forward, right? So that, that it's a it's a acceleration trigger, deceleration trigger. It's designed when you're going fast and then stop suddenly. So hitting, getting hit from behind, I think, I don't think triggers the front airbags. So she was able to drive her car like. You just looked at me so skeptically. <laughs> 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 if I could bottle that, I'd throw it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, so I listened to True Crime Garage, which is a great podcast, and it's basically like. The host guy, Nick, he's the one who like does all the research and whatever. And then there's the captain who originally started doing the podcast basically to engineer it. Like he's a sound, he's a professional musician. He knows how to do the sound engineering. And so he'd kind of chime in on stuff and he'll like watch a documentary about the case or like do a little reading, but he doesn't really know a lot about it. And he interjects all kinds of random shit all the time. And I remember when I started listening to it at how impressed I was at Nick where he'd be like telling this story, like John Benet Ramsey like went to bed on Christmas Eve in her house, and then a two way, and then this thing, this thing, and then the captain will be like, "Yeah, I bet the guy smelled like dicks," and then Nick just continues talking as though the captain has not spoken, and I'd be like, when I was listening, I'd be like, I, I absolutely would feel like I had to respond to that, and he doesn't even respond; he just keeps talking. That's great because then you don't have to have an argument about why would you say that he smells like dicks. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's totally a kind of thing that the captain would say. I think you're equating the wrong thing here. I was talking about the accelerometer and the airbags. And and I let you say your things. I wasn't trying to pick a fight. And No, I mean, the captain's not trying to pick a fight oh, either. Yeah. Well, He's just enough. interjecting. And then Nick doesn't feel like he needs to engage with all the interjections. He just continues on, which is what I'm doing. The valuable... There's a, there's a guy on Sportscast called the Color Guy. <laughs> That's what I am. I'm not the sports caster. I don't actually narrate the play. I just chime in and go, these are great uniforms they got. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the lady pulls her car into the parking lot. She Did it move? It yeah, she was able to drive it. Nice. Uh, I think the rear, I mean, obviously, like the, she was rear-ended. Uh, it, was, it was really smashed in. We, but the, the front... The damage to the front of the car was basically her hitting the stopped car, the truck in front of her. Mm. So she took a lot more force from the back. Um, so we had to get her door open. Like she couldn't really open it. The ba- I tried to open the back doors and they were a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, it's great anyway. that it still drove though. That's a good sign. And she wasn't too, she wasn't visibly injured i guess no i mean she was sore like she definitely like her she hit her elbow on something which was kind of swollen and you could see like her shins like under her knees she had banged him pretty hard uh and she was really shaken up which like of course she She would be she did she was just sitting there and all of a sudden bam yeah so uh yeah cops came and I was like, cool, can I go? <laughs> and they're like, were you? I have and a vet appointment. The cops show up first and they're like, are you hurt, ma'am? I was like, man, I didn't hit anybody. Like, you know, I'm just <laughs> brushing the glass off this lady. Cause, yeah. You know, uh, and 
So I'm like, can I leave? Like, do you, and he's like, well, did you see anything? I'm like, yeah, I was behind the truck. He's like, well, I need to get a statement. I was like, fine, I'm going to be here for like an hour, right? Like while all this stuff happens. Yeah. No, they were like super efficient. Like he comes out with like a form, you know, like an official statement form and gives me a pen. And he's like. What was like, the name of the deputy? Do we know? It was not. It. I did look at his badge. Because it's not deputy Fredecki's oh, territory. Oh, that's too bad. I know. Uh, it, we were in the lower keys and Fredecki does marathon. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't any name that I recognized, but it, it was the Monroe County Sheriff. So he got, gave me a little form and it's just like, you know, name, address, phone number, and then like, you know, write down what happened here and then you sign it. And then I had to give like a, a swear that statement. So he's like, I need you to raise your right hand. Like, do you affirm that everything in here is true to the best of your knowledge to help you God? And I was like, yep. And he's like, now you may go. And, uh, so it was, I mean, I was there for maybe 15 minutes. And then total. he walked you across the street. Yeah. So, you know, there, the, like I had pulled over, the FedEx truck had kind of pulled off the road. And then the two cars that got hit had pulled in, on, had kind of turned and pulled into the parking lot on the other side. So he's like, yeah, let me get you across the street so you don't have to frogger through the traffic. And there was a, another cop basically right by my car that was directing traffic around the accident because there's like stuff in the road and everything. Bumper. Yeah, it was a big piece of the FedEx truck. <laughs> we kind of pulled it out, but like a lot of glass and yeah. plastic and stuff. And uh, I had left the car on for the dogs because you can take with our Jeeps, like you can take the fob out and then you can't drive the car unless it's in. But then you can leave like the air conditioner. You can also on. lock it, which I yes, you know, leave yeah. the cars in, leave the dogs in, air conditioner on, car running, and you can lock it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. As I was going back to the car, you know, I said to the cop who was directing traffic, I'm like, do you want me to go around the FedEx truck, like on the right, basically drive on the kind of path, the bike path slash grass, or do you want me to merge into the traffic here? And he's like, well, whatever, what do you prefer? And I was like, yeah, if you, he's like, I'll stop traffic if you want to merge in. And I was like, great. So he kind of walks behind my car, you know, walks past my car to go behind it so he can stop the traffic so I can pull in. And he looks at the car and he can't see the dogs on the inside. But what he does see is the sticker on the outside that says, tell your dogs I say hi. And he says, tell your dogs I said hi. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Matt Nelson. Yeah. Uh, he thought that was very funny. Uh, he's right. Yeah. He's right. So anyway, I was like three minutes late for the vet appointment, which is fine. The whole thing did not take very long, but it was very dramatic. Man. So That's we did not adrenaline lasts a little bit for that. I'm it sure did not make it into conk life. It's, that's disappointing. It shows you that they're not gathering a lot of the hot news themselves. <laughs> they're just relying on the AP wire. <laughs> so, uh, so that's that. Yeah. The other, just, this is not dog related, but conk life story of me this week is that I was out running one night. Yeah. And so I'm going, so night running, night running. So when I do this, I go by myself, um, down. Cause I'm too damn lazy. I sit on the couch and I'm like dozing off and you're just like, I'm going to go for a run. And I'm like, hey, 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 you're always invited. Have fun. I know. You, oh, I'm totally invited, but I'm just like incapable. <laughs> so I, I leave our house and then I go down the road away from the houses into the wilderness preserve. And that meets up with a, like the old, like before the current one road is the old one road that dead ends in both directions. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing. There's a couple Super houses. dark. There's not. I mean, there's, there's no a, street lights at all. Yeah. There might be one by the stop sign, but I'm not sure. Yes. There's where, where like our boulevard intersects the former single road 
yeah. that just dead ends. There's could, a street like that. You there. could run like 10 miles and get at that one street. Like, That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's very dark. Um, so I'm walking down down our boulevard through the kind of wilderness preservation area, and I hear these voices, which is weird, and it's like this super alt-right discussion about like the founder of Planned Parenthood was a racist and Democrats. I mean, it was like very upsetting <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. And then it just stops. And and I was like, and it sounded, I mean, like there were two women. It, it's dark. It's yeah. nighttime. But it sounded like there's two women and I could kind of see a car pulled off. Like they were sitting on the trunk having like an interview like you would do on the radio. But it didn't sound like they were on the radio. It just sounded just like two people were talking. Yeah. Uh, and... But in the dark, so they're not doing an interview. Yeah, and and so I'm I'm like, all right, well that's weird. Like usually there's nobody out here. There's no reason to stop. It's like not in front of a house. This is just like no the empty stretch of road. Yeah. And the road doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, like it's not like they were coming from somewhere. It's just like you go down a three mile road that meets up with a five mile road that dead ends. There's nothing. Yeah, there's no reason to be stopped here just like in the wilderness preservation area having a conversation and so i am like kind of walking past and then i notice it's very dark right there's no moon out at this point uh this guy big dude standing in the middle of the road like the on the yellow road line. road this isn't an abandoned road this is a full-on road yes yeah and i mean I, there's not a lot of traffic on it but there's when i go do these i mean there's four or five cars that'll pass me every night he's standing in the middle of the road completely in the dark he doesn't have a flashlight he doesn't have anything he's got a tripod but it's empty and there's no light on i and now so i'm hmm so how do you deal with this situation you go hi and yeah. then, hey nothing complete silence from all parties that's weird then like there's some music playing on the car radio and that's it so i'm like there's three people out there having these weird ass conversations there's a dude standing in the road i don't understand what's going on so anyway i go basically it's three miles from our house to the end of the boulevard where it meets up with the other dead road so i go there turn around i'm coming back and i'm nervous because you have to face this weird thing again i am afraid of people like that's the only thing i'm really afraid of on my runs is like people who are going to do creepy shit and it's rare that i encounter people who do creepy shit but this dude standing in the middle of the road in the complete dark is creepy yep and i'm like fuck is this guy still gonna be there and so i'm like coming up on it and it's uh, in addition to dark very quiet out here and uh and i can hear the music faintly from the car so i know the car is still there mm -hmm. and i'm like so the people are still there and so I'm coming up and then eventually I see, oh, like the guy is still there standing in the middle of the road. I guess I, I mean, I have no, there's nowhere to go other than past the guy because it, it dead ends yeah. everywhere. Uh, so I'm okay going past the guy. And as I'm going past, he goes, hey, you want to see yourself in like long time lapse? And turns a camera that has been placed on the tripod to me and kind of shows me in the viewfinder. I mean, I'm still on the edge of the road this picture and i was like okay <laughs> so i come up how, how are you doing yeah he's out there so there's no ladies apparently he has a very good sound system on his car uh and and there had i had heard music and then i heard 
the weird voices and then there was more music so i think when i was coming he must have just had it on like scan like scanning the radio for like different channels and it hit you know did like the five or ten who, second who pause. Lets it just do that i mean it's weird it's weird uh it's also weird that you're standing in the middle of the road weird. even if you're taking time-lapse photography yeah but he did a 10 minute exposure so as i walked past he had he was setting up his camera so that's why there was a tripod with nothing on it he's setting it up and i walked past and so he you know pushes the button and the shutter is open for 10 minutes which is how long it takes me basically to get to the end of the road and i have a light on the back of my hydration pack so i, I mean i run into traffic but that's just so anybody from behind can sort of see that there's a person there um and so he shows me this picture and it's got all of the stars like making these cool arcs because yeah. it's 10 minutes of of that and then this squiggly line going and, and he's right in the middle of the road so he has this perfect perspective with things like disappearing to a point at the end and on the side of it this cool red squiggly line of me from like every little step where it goes Almost up looks like an ekg line yeah and you can see my feet because for a while i had my uh the flashlight from my phone on because i was freaked out by this guy i don't usually run with it on and so that was just enough light that like you can see all these little shoes <laughs> just fit they're they're like ghost shoes you can only start, kind of see them at the right you can't see me you can see a little bit of my shoes and then this awesome red squiggle line for me it's very cool actually it's yeah. a great picture and i was like oh my god this is like the coolest picture and he's like and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And he's like, you want me to send it to you? And I was like, sure. So I gave him my cell phone number. I'm like, you roll your eyes. But like, he's like, I can email it. You want to give me your phone number? Text it. And I was like, text it. I mean, worst case, he's like a creeper and I block his number. Like, it's really easy, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, I really want that picture. Like, <laughs> I hope he got my number down right because he put it in his phone. And yeah, like the next morning, he's like, I, you know, I'll have to process this when I get home because I, you know, I think you have to do quite a bit to those uh, time-lapse pictures to get them to look right. Next morning, I get a text from him with the picture. So I've posted it on the Jen Runs with Dogs page. Uh, so yeah, it was like this super creepy ass thing. And then, you know, it ends up, he's just a neighbor of ours. Like I was like, oh, is, is he? he? I mean, I don't know if he lives on our key, but he lives down here. Cause I was like, don't you get cars like bugging you in the middle of the road? And he's like, yeah, you know, usually you can see him coming from a long way, which is true. I mean, they, yeah. you can see him from about three miles away. He's like, so I always have time and it's rare that they come down there, which is also true. He's like, so, you know, sometimes I have to abandon a shot and then I'll like, they turn right before they get to me. But so he clearly does it all the time. He's just like a dude who lives around here and like comes out to dark spots to take pictures at the same time, super creepy yeah. to like pass a guy in the dark. In the the fact that he road. didn't say hi back I mean, shows that he was either super distracted or like is weird. Yeah. I would think just trying to get his self, get his stuff set up. And, yeah, sure. He's focused. Uh, but yeah, so when I passed him the first time, I tweeted about it. Like, so this thing just happened. And, you know, then I was coming back. I was like, oh, my God, he was actually just like taking these pictures. And a lot of people were like, I'm really worried. Like, you should run with a gun. You know, I'm, I'm really upset about how this happened. And it's like, on one hand, sure. I mean, it's creepy to walk past a person. On the other hand, like, he's a neighbor who takes long exposure pictures at night. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> Nothing actually happened, right? He is not a bad man. Yeah, and like I'm, I am hyper aware of how many women get 
like attacked and murdered when they're running right this happens all the time yeah. um and you know i have various protection mechanisms with me i don't carry a gun when i run i, I mean well like what am i gonna someone was like you know i'd feel better if you were trained in using a weapon i was like i'm very well trained in using i'm a great shot like i'm in i I'm very comfortable with guns. I know how to use them. But what am I going to do? There's a dude standing in the middle of the road, and I'm going to what? Like Shoot him? pull out my Beretta, right. <laughs> brandish a weapon at my neighbor who's taking a picture in the public street? Like I'm not going to do that. And mm. the times that there have been like creepy guys, you know, there was one guy that followed me on a run. I mean, a daytime run, but followed me, you know, for probably 45 minutes for blocks and blocks would go to, I was running on dead end streets. He'd follow me, go to the den, this turn around. This is the car, right? Yeah, that white car. Yeah, it's yeah. on my, my, uh, running Instagram. Like one of the highlights is SSDGM. And there's, there's just every block. I would be like, here he is again. Here he is again. Like, what am I going to do? Pull like, it's a Saturday afternoon. There's tons of people around. Yeah. I'm not going to pull a gun on him. Pull really? a gun on a guy like driving past. Cause he's scaring me. And, you know, the women who do get attacked, like it's almost always a guy who kind of jumps out of the bushes or the side of the road and pulls them in. And uh, if you are trained in how to use a weapon, it's very like that's not a great situation for trying to shoot somebody like you. If you've got a gun in a holster, you're not going to get it out like that. And even if you do, like it's not like you can line up a shot like you're hoping you can just jam the thing into the guy. If that's what you're doing, there's better. You could shoot yourself. You could miss. You, he could get the gun. Could I mean, drop there's it. all sorts of things, right? It, and it's just really hard to, like, <laughs> if you have a gun in a holster, like, you've got to take the safety off. You generally have to cock it. I mean, you can, like, some of those semi-automatics, you can fire without cocking it, but it's like a hard trigger pull. And if you're wrestling around with a guy, I mean, I have, what I do run with is a index finger ring that has a super sharp serrated blade. It's got like a silicon thing over it so you don't cut yourself with it. Basically, if you make a fist and like you scratch it at somebody, like it will do, it's very scary. It looks really scary. It looks like it a is, claw. It's super it looks like sharp. A claw. Yeah. Uh, if some guy's going to grab me out of the bushes, that's going to be way more effective than like trying to like get a gun out of a holster or a pack. I mean, if I were running like it, deep in the backwoods, right? I'm doing like a 50 mile run into like the Grand Tetons where there's like a bear or something. Like maybe then, probably not even then, but maybe, right? I'd carry bear spray for that or something, but I could carry a gun on a run. But I have, I've got the little finger knife and I've, you know, I've got an app, you know where I am. Like I've got tracking stuff. And I mean, I, I texted GR dad when I was, oh, I was yeah. like, I, I knew where it was. Yeah. I was like, so I think there's people out here and like, here's where I am. Here's what's going on. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, you know, careful and prepared, but I'm not going to shoot anybody. No. Aside from the fact that it's illegal, it also just wouldn't be effective. Like even if I could carry a taser or whatever, it's like for the kind of situations you get into with running, it's rare that you're going to be like in a position to take a shot at somebody and have it be effective. It's like you're getting grabbed and pulled in. You need a, stabby scratchy so, yeah, stabby thing no um so anyway everything was fine it was a neighbor taking pictures of the stars at night and he took a super cool picture of me and sent it to me and that was really nice and that's it he hasn't creeped no good job no in fact i i was like i was so pleased to get the picture i was like really effusive about it and he sent like one very short 
okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I love how you can see my shoes and like this thing. I mean, I, I sent like three messages that were just like, this is a really cool picture. Thanks a lot for sending it. And uh, he's like, yeah, you have a pretty unique stride. <laughs> That's it. Like nothing else. He's <laughs> like. Such a weird dude. Super benign. So. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Those are my. Those are good. Key stories for the week. Those are good. Yeah. Should, should have made it into the, the newspaper, but apparently local journalism <laughs> is dead. Do you have a German word of the week for us? Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I've had this before. For Christmas, Bescherung is the German word for, and it only means this. This is the, the gift giving, the receiving of the gifts on Christmas Eve. Bescherung. It must be Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's the only time you use the word. Yeah, interesting. It's like a, you know, when the Christkind comes or Santa Claus comes. The fucking zombie baby (laughs) that flies through the night, that guy? It has a sleigh. It drags a sleigh full of presents through the woods, the cold, snowy woods. Yeah. Please refer to last year's pre-Christmas podcast. I love this debate. The stakes are low. There's no debate. It's fucking creepy. The stakes are low. Your culture is messed up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was gonna say we don't we did not have anything krampus related where i was in somebody Germany. asked about krampus yeah and i think most big cities and you know m- modern places don't really have it anymore either because it scares the shit out of kids why would you introduce some demonic presence who's gonna beat up or worse kids yeah. when you got like nice santa claus and nice christkind and everything peace and love instead of like anger and hate <laughs> <laughs> so I think there may be still pockets of very southern Germany that have it in Austria. But I don't think it's... I think the parents don't connect it to gift giving and, and the Christmas tree as much anymore. That's good. Yeah. One of the... A tweet someone had this week was, quote, tweet this and describe a Christmas song, but poorly. Mm. That's a good one. That was a good challenge. Yeah. So mine was... Uh, serve there's omnipresent surveillance privacy is dead like you're being or you're being watched at all times privacy is dead surveillance is omnipresent you're only you can only survive by suppressing your emotions and obeying authority you must comply yes he's coming which is exactly the theme of santa claus is coming to town oh yeah he knows whether you've been good bad or good he sees you when you're sleeping oh yeah all the time and when you're awake and then you better not pouch you better not cry that's right. Suppress, suppress, suppress. Tamp down those emotions and just put on a smiley face. Or else he's going to Don't get do you. anything bad. Even if you have bad thoughts, he's going to know he's coming. Yeah. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's connected to the elf on the shelf, which we don't have. But I got thoughts about that, too. They're not good. Have you seen the Mensch on the Bench? No. <laughs> no. Mensch on a Bench is, you know, it's the Hanukkah equivalent. It's yeah. like this cute Jewish guy on a little park bench <laughs> and uh it was actually pitched on shark tank they're like oh really yeah like for christmas there's elf on a shelf but have you heard thought about mench on a bench and it's made like two billion dollars that's or something. hilarious it's like really it's the much nicer equivalent yeah, yeah. but there's been a good twitter meme this yes. holiday season of people doing rhyming things on or things on other things where they rhyme yeah that's pretty good whale on a nail yes what was i thought it was in a locker Skywalker in a locker. Oh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, it's usually people <laughs> on someone's shoulder. I, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, 
Any final Christmas thoughts before we sign off on our Christmas pod? No, everyone take a breather. You've earned it. Yeah. It's almost over. We're at the end of the marathon. And we will be coming to you at the beginning of next week with Parmesan surgery updates. So we'll probably have a couple pods next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, until then, Merry Christmas. Eat some cookies. Wear your mask. Don't go to any parties. And don't put anyone unless they ask you to. Exactly what she said. Bye. Bye.